So what's up, everyone? My name is Miguel Velasquez, and I will be hosting the Reflexiones podcast today. This episode is going to be specifically centered around the Tenerife exchange experience. Uh, this podcast was created to help future teachers share their experiences with their peers and future colleagues. Today, I have two very special guests with me today. I have Katie and Tom. Katie and Tom, let's hear more about you. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm a third year biology major and a future teacher. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm a second year history major at Adelphi. I'm also a political science minor and a future educator. Awesome. Now, in our sociolinguistics class, we were assigned with doing this partnership exchange with students in Tenerife. Can one of you describe how this project came about? So each member of the class was assigned a student from Tenerife to meet with once a week synchronously. Personally, I met with my student through Zoom and we communicated asynchronously, additionally through WhatsApp. Um, so we did a lot of cultural exchanges, talking about our families, our friends, hobbies, the holidays we are um, celebrating, and kind of our school life and even some um, topics with COVID-19. Awesome, awesome, that's really, really cool. Now Tom, what platforms did you use when you were working with your student? Um, so when I was uh, working with my student, we, we, she never used Zoom before, so we decided to use a Google Hangout. That was a new experience for me, so I had to like learn that and how to use that in the first meeting. We also um, we used Instagram to communicate asynchronously when she, we couldn't meet in person on Zoom. Awesome. Me too. I use Google Hangouts with my student as well. It's super interesting, and getting to work with these students has been very rewarding. Can both of you let us know a little bit more about your students? Like, what are they like? Eva, she, she, uh, I'm very happy I was able to be a partner with Eva. We shared a lot of things in common. She, she talked about her love for reading. Each week we would talk about like books she wanted to read over the summer or books she read last summer. She talked about her love for traveling and how she can't wait to travel after COVID. Now I told her my travel plans. Awesome. I'm also really lucky. Emma's favorite subject in school um, was languages. So she was really, really engaged. She speaks English at home with her family just as practice. She consumes a lot of American TV and movies and she has like some friends that are actually um, have American parents. So she was really interested in my life, especially my life in New York. Um, that's super interesting. Yeah, my student Pedro, he was also in Tenerife and like one thing that he was really big on was karate. So whenever we talk about stuff, it would always be like him talking about his hobbies because I, when I wanted to brainstorm uh, how we could get to know him a little bit better, it was super important for me to know about what his hobbies were. So I really think it's super cool that you guys got to know more about your students and see what they were interested in. Now, in terms of like working with these students, like I felt like it was a little bit easier for me due to me being a fluent Spanish speaker. Translanguaging for me was not super difficult uh, Pedro was my student and we often flip between languages to facilitate the discussions. But I know that this is not a universal experience. Uh, you both aren't native speakers of Spanish. Did you ever run into some obstacles communicating with your multilingual learners? So personally for me, Emma was very, um, if you want to say proficient in English, um, because of the practice that she had and the, um, the interest that she had in learning English. For us, confusion came from more cultural aspects. And one thing about this really reminded me that as a future teacher, we have to remember that it's really important because while students may seem to be proficient in English, their home language and culture still really shapes the way that they view the world. So culture-wise, sometimes we're not on the same, we weren't on the same page about practices, um, some of our um, holiday celebrations. Um, additionally, when we did our exercise on um, phrases in particular, she couldn't necessarily translate a lot of the phrases that I was giving her into Spanish because they don't, 
exist for um, in the culture. So um, the International Journal of Multicultural Education actually has an article on this called English is Not All That Matters in the Education of Secondary Multilingual Learners. And this really stresses that teachers have to remember that um, proficiency in a language and the idea of English proficiency doesn't necessarily um, correlate with knowledge and what the student knows. So you can't necessarily assume that the student knows what's going on just because they might have um, an advanced vocabulary in English. Yeah, for real. Tom, I don't know if you have any additional comments on that. Yeah, um, my partner, she got a lot of her English from way before she even met me. So she really likes Korean movies and like K-pop. So they they don't have most of the translated um, translations in Spanish, so they would only use like English subtitles. So in order for her to like listen to uh, Korean music, it was e easier for her to um, learn Korean subtitles. Awesome. Yeah. Keeping those experiences in mind, how do you think as like future teachers we can overcome such like language barriers, such cultural differences? Because essentially where they grow up, how they grow up, like that shapes how they interpret the world, how they understand their common surroundings. So like, how can we overcome those differences? So yeah, Miguel, for people, um, I know it was easy for you to utilize translanguaging, which is um, a really great tool. Um, one thing that I use, since I'm not a native Spanish speaker, um, was the use of pictures. So I showed whenever I was trying to communicate something with um, Emma that we weren't on the same page about, I would show her a picture and then she would say, oh, like I know what you're talking about. I've seen that in movies, I've seen it in TV shows. Yeah. So I think that kind of the visual um, descriptions really helped rather than using words itself. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with Katie. So when we would be meeting on uh, Google Hangout, when we would like to be describing our hometowns or where we went to school, we'd be sending pictures through Instagram DMs. So I would be describing how big Adelphi was. That's awesome. And she didn't believe me at first. So I, I sent her a picture of Adelphi and she was like, wow, this is like a whole town. It's <laughs> just one building. And then we show pictures of like the beach there compared to the beach here. It was very interesting. Yeah. And pictures definitely helped like describing like words that like would not easily translate. That's awesome. Yeah, no, honestly, like, you know, they say pictures speak like a thousand words, whether they're in English, Spanish, French, whatever. Like, it's definitely like visual learning is definitely one of the best ways to kind of overcome those language barriers. Now, keeping um, like moving forward, uh, looking back at your experiences with these students has definitely impacted you as future teachers. I know I could definitely say that for myself, and I'm sure that you guys feel the same. Uh, we were assigned to create a lesson plan with aspects of multilingualism. In what ways did you cater to your students' interests in this lesson, and how do you plan to scope out what your future students will enjoy to shape your educational material? So um, I knew that Emma would be fascinated to learn about the history of New York. Um, New York City is probably one of the most famous cities in the world, and we're known for our industry and culture. Um, Emma, throughout the semester, always talked about wanting to visit New York. Um, and as native New Yorkers, we all know the history and what's made New York what it is. Um, but not everyone might know that. And to us, it seems like it's common knowledge, but um, amongst our community. Um, but that's not really true in the outside world. So um, I wanted to kind of give Emma some context about what made this city what, um, what is so fascinating to everybody around the world. Yeah, for my partner with Eva during a mock lesson, I really wanted to like bring idea of like what New York is. Like she watched lots of movies and TV shows. So before the lesson started, we ha we asked our students, what do you know about New York before? Before we awesome. teach you. Like a brain dump. Like a brain of. dump basically. Pull what they know beforehand from their culture. Awesome. 
Yeah, no, honestly, like, I know that, like, watching you do that lesson plan specifically, like, that was really interesting, seeing how, like, you interacted with her, and, like, you used different um, aspects of, like, her interests. You know, she's a very visual learner. Those pictures were awesome. And, like, seeing all that definitely made a big difference in terms of her understanding that material. And there were times, you know, when, like, there were, like, language issues, and, like, I would step in and kind of be, like, a reinforcement, but it was never us fully translating it was more of like a flipping between languages and making sure that she was understanding all of that awesome material. Now our goal as future teachers is to inspire these students and create cohesive environment for all students. How will these experiences of this exchange shape your ambitions as a future teacher? Well for me I'm, I'm going to be a history major so I really plan on incorporating like different cultures into history lessons. Maybe if we're talking about like um, early civilizations in Africa and China we could talk we could have like certain like projects learning about the languages and the food and the different cultures there, not just like like the political aspects of those civilizations. Wow, yeah, so kind of going off what you're saying, I'm going to be a biology teacher. Um, and one thing that we incorporated in this lesson um, was also how the, um, the development of New York impacted the environment. Um, so one, I feel like that's a really um, important topic right now. Um, I know that Emma has heard about these issues and she knows how it's affecting her hometown. Um, but one thing is getting students to kind of um, take these issues and put them into perspectives of how is it affecting you and how is it affecting me, even though we're, our cultures are from across the world, um, we kind of have that similar issue. Um, so kind of putting it into perspective of well, how that's happening here. Yeah, definitely gives you like a contemporary awareness. Mm -hmm. And it, it like kind of, it kind of serves as like a bridge between mm -hmm. like, you know, like the different learning styles of different places that we're all from, but that's like a universal experience that we're all dealing with. You know, it's super important for them to understand that. I would definitely say that like, as a future teacher, something that we should always keep in mind is those different learning abilities and those different learning styles. So, you know, we catered to them through pictures because we knew that like pictures was definitely like a great way for them to visualize what was happening. In addition to that, like we also used resources such as Kahoot, you know, to kind of make it more interactive and a little bit more fun. And that's something that they were familiar with. So, you know, as future teachers, when we're trying to brainstorm ways that we can, you know, incorporate more multilingual students and create a cohesive environment for students, essentially that's rooted in catering to those different educational needs and those different styles. Um, I don't know if you guys have any final pieces of advice for teachers about working with students like this. Uh, I would just say, use their background, use their family background, use their culture background, draw before each lesson, see what, see what they have to contribute to the lesson. Yeah, kind of just going off that, I completely agree. Um, kind of getting a, um, an idea of the knowledge that the student is coming into the classroom with. How much do they know about um, the topic and how much have they been pre-exposed to? Um, Prerequisite knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome. So this brings us to the end of our episode. I hope that you all really enjoyed listening to our dialogue. And we were super excited to share this experience with you. And we look forward to hearing from all of you soon.